0: Russia intensifies cooperation with its allies. It strives to solidify its international position to overcome the negative effects of the sanctions regime. Ukrainian partners keep looking for mechanisms not to let Ukraine lose its existential war. Meanwhile, Ukraine is seeking ways to find common ground with its neighbors, in particular Slovakia. You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. The Explaining Ukraine podcast is produced by Ukraine World, an English language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Jan Malenko, I am a Ukrainian philosopher, journalist and chief editor of Ukraine World. I invite you to a regular conversation between my colleagues, Anastasia Heresymchuk and Daria Sinhaevska, journalists and analysts at Ukraine World. They analyzed key events in and around Ukraine during the last week. Let me remind you that Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Let me also remind you that you can support our work at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We provide exclusive content for our patrons. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at paypal, ukraine.resisting, gmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode.
1: past and brought new events that gave us food for thought, and we are ready to share them with you. What are the topics we are focusing on today, Dasha?
2: As always, we are going to look deeply at the situation on the front lines with constant Russia's shelling and barrages, and I'm sure Nastya has something to tell us about uh, shelling of her hometown, Odessa. Then we are going to uh, jump into the topic of... Uh, Uh, Zelensky signing a decree on the territories of Russia, historically inhabited uh, territories by Ukrainians. And uh, we surely will pay attention to joint production of drones with Lithuania, results of Rammstein-18, and many more.
1: Thank you, Dasha. And as usually, we we are going to start with the news from the front lines. And today I would like to uh, start... um, Telling you about what is going on there, uh, not by stating the facts, but by generalizing the general the situation, uh, the general look at the situation uh, on the front lines. And uh, I would like to start with the words of uh, Ukrainian Minister of Foreign Affairs matro Kuleva, who described uh, that situation as even more difficult than at the beginning of the full-scale invasion. And indeed, uh, what is going on on the front lines is is really um, tough and the fights are intense. And the Ukrainian position is extremely difficult uh, amid the lack of ammunition. And uh, uh, Ukraine needs to get more to be effective and not only to keep the front line, to hold the front line, but to make moves forward. Uh, according to uh, Ukraine's foreign minister, the West doesn't produce enough uh, to uh, s- to supply um, weapons to Ukraine for successful actions, while Russia uh, actually m- manages to uh, produce the necessary amount of weapons and uh, it also regularly gets these weapons from its allies and of course ukraine also needs more air defense systems and missiles because russia keeps attacking ukrainian peaceful cities and the uh, op- the objects of uh, critical infrastructure as well as the uh, the factories and other important uh, places uh getting to the hottest spots of the front lines i'd like to start with the kupiansk direction in uh, kharkiv oblast um the uh, news from the front lines tell that uh, one more village got under the Russian control. It's Tabayevka village. However, Ukrainian command uh, reports that there are no reasons to worry about these tactical loss. Mm, it was uh, uh, like uh, the... Um, a retreat of Ukrainian forces from this, this village was made just to save people's lives because for Ukrainian side people's lives matter and we are not ready to go for such meat grinder assaults as Russians do. And this, step was, uh, this tactical step was also important to stabilize the front line, not to let um, create some gaps along, along the front line. Uh, but two other directions remain the hottest spots. Uh, that's where Russians are trying to ent- intensify their offensive actions. And I'm talking about the Siversk, Siversk direction, where Russians are aiming to get to the town of, of Siversk, and the Bakhmut direction, where Russians aim is to take Yar. Uh, let me remind you that Yar is an extremely important point from the strategic point of view. It is a logistical hub of Ukrainian armed forces and we also can call Chasif Yar uh, the gate uh, to take the whole Donetsk region. So control by controlling Chasif Yar, uh, Russian troops would manage to get to the uh, borders of Donetsk uh, uh, oblast more easily. Uh, however, the uh, Russian assaults are unsuccessful. Still, uh, the fights, uh, even though the assaults are unsuccessful, the fights are heavy because the Russian troops are trying to compensate these failures uh, with a great intensity of fire. Uh, That is why uh, Ukrainian armed forces have hard times there, and it's extremely difficult to hold this front line. Uh, against the background of the lack of tactical success in certain directions, the Russian troops temporarily uh, go on defensive at some spots, but they keep the assault groups ready to resume offensive actions when uh, when they feel it, it's um, necessary. Another uh, important uh, point at the uh, frontline on the frontline map is Avdiivka. Uh, Russians are. Um, russians do not give up on attempts to take the city to take the town however they can't encircle it that is why they are getting ready to break through it and um, the russians now intend to take Avdivka block by block starting from the south of the city Uh, on the 25th of january the representative of uh, ministry of internal affairs of ukraine who is fighting uh, in Avdivka direction stated that Russian troops had already gathered 4000 uh, 40,000 fighters near Avdiivka which also means that uh, the intentions uh, to the intentions to um, take the city still remains in Russians heads. Um, In Ukraine, uh, the fears about new assault on Kharkiv from the north were spread, and it also was um, emanating from the recent publication uh, in The Telegraph where the analysts told about the Russian plans to actually launch a new assault on Kharkiv. However, the press officer of the command of the ground forces of Ukraine, Vladimir Fityo, uh, told that there were no signs of Russian preparations for an offensive on Kharkiv from the north, Uh, the uh, situation is being monitored constantly and it wouldn't be impossible to gather uh, forces uh, which are necessary to launch an offensive uh, without uh, Ukrainian notice. And as of now, Ukrainian side doesn't have uh, this evidence that uh, a big assault, big offensive is being prepared. Uh, He also noted that the northern border is being strengthened, strengthened by Ukrainian side And uh, there are forces and means necessary to repel the attack if it happens. Uh, It is also important to know that the border uh, is being equipped with uh, fortification and engineering facilities. In general, if we talk about Russian tactics and strategy right now, looks like uh, uh, the Russian troops are looking for any gap in the front lines so that they can uh, break through it and that is why they activate actions on different parts of the front line. So while, uh, for example, while focusing on Avdiyevka or Bahmut uh, di- direction, they still keep uh, taking offensive actions on, on, on the other spots uh, because of the lack of tactical success on the major points of their interest. They are just trying to find the loopholes so that they could break through those places and attack Ukrainians from the rear. That is why uh, Ukraine, the Ukrainian armed forces uh, consider it the most important ta- task to uh, keep the stability of the entire front line. And even though it is extremely difficult, as of now, the Ukrainian armed forces manage to fulfill this task. Now, however, not only the front line developments are disturbing, the Russian air attacks on Ukrainian cities continue. And uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, missile attack, like the next in the range of missile attacks, uh, taken by Russia, uh, took place on the 23rd of January. Uh, so Russia used 41 cruise and ballistic missiles and attacked Kiev, Kharkiv, Shostka, Chostkabalekly, and Pavlograd. Uh, as a result, 15 people were killed and 90 wounded. And several days later, there were several waves of drone attacks uh, on Odessa, the city I reside in. So it was another uh, nightmarish evening, nightmarish night, with the explosions heard. Uh, Luckily, there are no uh, people killed. However, Russians, as as, uh, usually they do it lately, Um, targeted exactly the residential buildings Uh, that is why there were many damages to apartment buildings and uh, several people were wounded so we are all living under the constant threats and it's it's really difficult and it's really uh, dangerous however we keep Uh, hoping for better and we are resilient. And amid all these developments, international support gets more and more crucial for Ukraine. And there are some news from this area. The new Rammstein meeting took place and Ukraine uh, holds negotiations with Lithuania on some important developments in military industry. Dasha. I know that you have more to tell about.
2: Yes. So basically, uh, Ramstein 19th uh, took place, and uh, although this meeting was not, uh, you know, a breakthrough, experts claim it was generally successful for us. Uh, basically, on uh, 23rd of January, this meeting of the Contact Group on Ukraine's defense was held in virtual format, where representatives of more than 50 countries discussed the immediate. Uh, like uh, additional air defense systems, um, artillery support and long-term needs of our country in fight for freedom uh, against Russian terror. It's important to know that um, the background of uh, Rammstein was filled with a number of both disturbing tendencies because we know that uh, there is uh, the turmoil which is ongoing in the uh, US Congress and the encouraging facts that we Told about in our previous episode, that is um, visits to Kiev by prime ministers of the UK and Poland, and um, other stuff that we talked through in our um, last episode. Although many things remain behind closed doors, such as the uh, weapons list, but we know that. A German defense minister, Boris Pistorius, for example, announced the transfer of six decommissioned Seeking um, MK-41 multipurpose military helicopters to Ukraine, and they will be provided with spear parts and um, uh, pilot trainings. We also know that Canada announced a new aid uh, package. This includes the supply of uh, 10 multipurpose boats from Zodiac hurricane technologies and um, the total cost of this equipment is approximately uh, 20 million of Canadian dollars. Uh, according to Canadian Defence Minister, uh, the delivery of these boats with, uh, uh, along with trainings uh, to Ukraine will be completed by the end of um, this spring. On the eve of Rammstein, we also know that NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg announced that the aliens had signed a $1.2 billion contract to purchase about uh, uh, 220,155 million artillery rounds, which are crucial for Ukraine now. And, um, you know, he speaks candidly when he said that Russia's war in Ukraine has become a battle for ammunition, so it is important that allies replenish their own stockpiles while we continue to support Ukraine. Uh, the 18th Rammstein was distinguished by the formalization of the capability coalitions, which we also talked about uh, earlier, uh, like aviation, tank, um, artillery, maritime security coalitions, as well as the formation of new ground air defense coalition. And despite the shortage of necessary ammunition in alliances, warehouses and insufficient production rates, we see how partners are trying to gradually meet our demands. And uh, they do that by investing in production. Um, they do that by keeping support uh, of uh, Ukrainian nation and uh, its fight against uh, Russian terror. And uh, on the other side, we see the intention that goes in lines with what we previously said, that is, although we have supranational support, we also um, possess bilateral agreements, which are crucial for Ukraine. And the, um, the key topic of talks between foreign minister of Ukraine and Lithuania was the joint production of drones for the armed forces of Ukraine. Um Lithuania has basically the technologies and Ukraine has the capacities to scale up the production. And we see how both countries have um, a clear understanding of what to do, how to do it and when to do it. Now, also, Kuleba uh, added that uh, Ukraine and Lithuania discussed the accession to the EU in NATO. And because Lithuania is a member of both institutions, um, we, we can learn from them and uh, you know, like they help us in as much possible um, uh, like, um, moments of our trip to, to those um, alliances as, uh, as, as they can. And according to him, the issue of frozen Russian assets, sanctions and everything that requires effective solutions were also discussed. Um, we see that both Rammstein-19 and and bilateral support demonstrate the tension that um, refutes basically Russian propaganda narratives about uh, that Western states tired of Ukraine because we see this constant support. And uh, in this case, I guess we should step up with the topic of, you know, this historical uh, justice because uh, when we see that we we have our partnership like we have uh, a shoulder that uh, keeps uh, you know stepping with this um, fight against uh, aggressor. We know that we do everything right and we stand firmly against the aggressor. So in this case, um, we also we also should think about um, you know informational uh, rear and how we should fight there too. and I know that, Nastya has something to talk about this, right?
1: Right. The important event took place last week in terms of uh, political will, will and political decision to establish historical uh, justice and uh, disseminate the truth, the, the real, real facts about the painful pages of Ukrainian history. So, President of Ukraine Volodymyr Zelensky signed the decree on the territories of the Russian. Um, a federation historically inhabited by Ukrainians The president said Today we must take steps Not only to strengthen the unity of Ukraine and our people But also to act for the unity of rights and freedoms The truth about Ukrainians The truth about us And the truth about our history So according to him uh, this uh, The signing of this decree Is the return of the truth about the historical past For the sake of Uh, of the Ukrainian future Uh, and uh, you you might wonder like what uh, Ukrainian territories on the Russian territory or historical uh, historical inhabitants of Ukrainian on the Russian territories you are talking about Uh, and I'd like to warn you that there are no aggressive intentions or territorial claims uh, hidden under this uh, decree by the Ukrainian president. Uh, so this action was taking place as um as in a form of a political symbolic decision uh and it is a very correct step to be taken to counter not just to counter russian propaganda but also uh to uh to tell the truth about the history of ukraine because it, it is hidden under the layers and layers of uh long um years of uh, Russian lies about uh, about uh, history, not only of Ukraine, but uh, history of uh, many former Soviet republics. And uh, this knowledge colonized by Russia is being disseminated around the world. And the knowledge about the region actually uh, has been formed uh, under the Uh, Russian, according to the Russian discourse, and such actions are uh, extremely important in terms of getting rid of this dominance of Russian discourse in academia and Russian narratives in the public space. So in more details, what I'm talking about, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky singled out, not not only him, but I mean, he acknowledged it politically, but... uh, there are Russian territories where Ukrainians were uh, originally uh, living. These are territories of Kuban, um, some uh, parts of some territories of uh, Belgorod, Bransk, Voronish, Kursk, Rostov regions. Uh, so uh, these territories actually had the Ukrainian population for centuries, and these people spoke Ukrainian language and identified themselves. Uh, with the Ukrainian nation. However, Russian is trying to uh, present itself as the owner not only of these territories, but uh, the territories of modern Ukraine, creating this myth of non-existence of Ukraine, Ukrainian nation, Ukrainian language. And they are trying to justify their uh, aggressive actions by the historical rights to these territories. They are claiming that the territories of Ukraine actually belong to Russia. But the historical truth actually points to the opposite. And there are um, territories, uh, ethnically Ukrainian, which are actually now uh, parts of Russian territory. And the most important here that the Ukrainian population was not protected on the Russian territories. Uh, Ukrainian population couldn't have its own identity there. So, this step taken by the Ukrainian president, this sign, signing of this decree, actually is um, an important step because historians and uh, some activists uh, in Ukraine are trying to do their best to tell the truth about history and to dis- disseminate this knowledge around the world. However, the systemic state approaches. Uh, very important is crucial here to make uh, to make these attempts more persistent and these efforts more effective so what what steps are going to be taking in terms of fulfilling this decree first of all uh the president um ordered to Create an action plan for preserving the national identity of Ukrainians, including on the Russian territory, uh, and it means the collaboration, cooperation of uh, scientists, historians, representatives of uh, of international congress of Ukrainians, and and many many other actors who actually uh, need to establish historical truths. Uh, So um, it is also a wide-known fact that Russia systemically committed and continues committing actions aimed at destroying national identity to oppress Ukrainians, violate their rights and freedoms, uh, and it's actually what is going on currently on the Ukrainian territories. And these policies, these practices were applied uh, towards the Ukrainian population uh, on the Russian territories long time ago. And now people have this erased identity. Uh, so uh, what is important here is that uh, the groups of specialists should uh, collect and study the facts and testimonies about crimes committed against Ukrainians who live or lived in the territories uh, of Russia, uh, historically inhabited by ethnic Ukrainians. And uh, um, the study, the facts and testimonies about the policy of forced russification, political repressions and deportations against Ukrainians will also also be collected. It is... um, Crucial in terms of restoration and preservation of historical memory. And uh, Ukraine also has an intention to establish a um, the special center, uh scientific center of uh, historical memory in this regard. Uh, another important aim, as as I've already mentioned, is the intensification of work to counter Russian disinformation and propaganda about uh, history and uh, uh, the present uh, years of uh, Ukrainian statehood and all people enslaved by Russia. Uh, So again, uh, to this end, uh, the foreign and Ukrainian scientists, experts, representatives of Ukrainian uh, community abroad and organizations of Ukrainians abroad are going to be involved uh, to uh, and it, it is implied that uh, they will prepare and hold the event aimed at debunking Russian myths about Ukraine and Ukrainian history. Uh, another important um, thing that's worth mentioning here is that Ukraine also wants to develop interaction between Ukrainians and peoples enslaved by Russia. It is um, an ambitious goal, and I uh, don't don't know and it's still unclear in what forms would it take place. However, it is like an important strategic step uh, to identify other peoples who were actually enslaved by Russia. Um, we uh, created like uh, several materials, analytical materials in the Ukraine world about, about um, historical truth about Ukraine, about the Colonized knowledge about Ukraine and about the importance of spreading the Ukrainian studies around the globe. Uh, so uh, here, in this, um, taking into account the opinions of experts on this issue, um, it is indeed important to not only to debunk Russian myths but also spread the real knowledge about Ukraine. And one of the aims, according to this degree, is uh, to prepare and disseminate information knowledge uh, about the ukrainian statehood the stages of its formation the historical connections of lands inhabited by ethnic ukrainians the different periods of existence and declining of ukrainian statehood and it is going to be done in cooperation with the national academy of science of ukraine so um, i I think that this decree and uh, acknowledging the importance of this sphere is actually a great step forward to um, win over the fight in the media sphere, in the information sphere, because having reactive approach to Russian propaganda is not the very effective tool. And it is extremely important for Ukraine to tell the truth and also to take uh, proactive steps uh, to tell about uh, what Ukraine really is, and uh, degrees, degrees like that, they are not only about uh, practicality and knowledge, but they are also about political steps to establish historical historical justice. And uh, stepping aside from this uh, this information space, this uh, um, symbolic and historical. Uh, Events that uh, that have taken place. Uh, we all we want to move to another important um, event that took place the last week, uh, and uh, it is uh, very important to pay attention to it because the historic uh, historical meeting between the prime ministers of Ukraine and Slovakia took place, and it's worth attention amid the uh, current the current. Um, statements made by uh, the Slovakian prime minister regarding Ukraine and uh, Russian aggression. And Dasha has uh, interesting details to share with you about this meeting. Yes, so basically this meeting was
2: somehow equivocal. And I hope that uh, in the meantime, you'll understand why I described it in such a way. Because um, for some reason, we know that um, uh, the parties signed a joint statement that will strengthen bilateral relations. But afterwards, uh, Robert Fussow made uh, a publication on... uh, facebook feed uh, and i will share with you the, the details of it as well so basically first things first on 24th of january prime ministers of ukraine and slovakia denis shmahal and robert Fico, made, uh, met in uh, uzharad according to this um joint statement we know that parties reaffirmed their readiness for further cooperation aimed at respecting the territorial integrity and sovereignty of ukraine within its internationally recognized borders and it's important to note and it's important to tell it publicly because as we know earlier uh, robert Fico uh, made statements that uh, in order to uh, win the peace ukraine should step uh, step aside and uh, um, give up on uh, some territories occupied by russia um, although, when he was questioned whether Slovakia is ready to share its territories um, by a Slovak journalist, um, he refused to answer it. Um, nevertheless, uh, according to this joint uh, statement, we know that um, it was noted the strong and consistent support of the Slovak Republic for Ukraine's European uh, integration, um, expressed uh, support for the peace formula, by President Zelensky, underlined the importance of uh, Slovakia's participation in Ukraine's recovery and in humanitarian demining of Ukraine. Um, It has also noted the importance of joint efforts to ensure global food security and um, increase the transit potential for the export of Ukrainian agriculture products. Um, And last but not least, stressed stressed the importance of developing military-technical cooperation uh, um, between our countries on a commercial basis. And it's also important because uh, now we see some cleavage forming um, between um, Slovakia's business uh, circles and uh, uh, party in power because uh, Slovakia's business are very... Uh, supportive of Ukraine and uh, provide uh, assistance uh, on a constant basis. Um, Nevertheless, Shmahal also noted that following the meeting, uh, the parties reached agreement on a number of issues that have, uh, you know, specific nature. In particular, the Slovak government will not block Ukraine's purchases of weapons and equipment from uh, Slovak businesses. They will cooperate in uh, the supply of equipment for the construction of defense borders, by a Slovak company, and also um, Slovakia will uh, support the Ukraine facility program, which provides for the allocation of 50 billion euros to Ukraine by the European Union. Um, you see um, wh- why I, I told you about equivocal nature? Because we remember a sharp and uh, scandalous statements delivered by Fitzer earlier. For example, he said... Uh, on a public broadcast, uh, that he wanted to confirm that Ukrainian um, side will not receive any weapons and would not receive support in joining NATO. And after shelling of Kiev, um, about which Nastya told, uh, the Slovak Prime Minister also stated that um, in the Ukrainian capital everything is absolutely normal and there is no war. Um, so. Surely, one meeting wouldn't work like a charm. Um, later, I found uh, Robert Faso's statement on the um, this meeting on Facebook. He said that Slovak media are perfectly capable of separating the wheat from the chaff and then only publishing the chaff. He reiterated that he did not believe in a military solution uh, to the conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine. And he said that... Um, His government would support any peace plan. According to him, Ukraine and Hungary also, um, like, uh, not, mm, I I mean, not different interpretations, but um, different opinions on U.S. influence on uh, Ukraine's domestic politics and uh, Ukraine's possible accession to NATO. So basically, uh, that's what divides Ukraine and Slovakia in this case. At the same time, he said that um, he and Shmihal had a friendly and constructive conversation despite differing opinions on several topics. Um, and we see that these differences, d- despite these differences, Ukraine's government intends to develop such a policy of new pragmatism with the Slovak government, with uh, like beneficial and mutual. Cooperation between those countries, and in this case, why I mentioned Hungary later uh, earlier, um, basically because we see some equivocal and um, um, very uh, like um, disturbing uh, tensions between uh, this bilateral cooperation. We know the statements that were delivered by Hungarian government as well, but. Um, I think that when we talk about a war between Russia and Ukraine, we see that Putin is trying to play on the moods. He's trying to find partners and to cooperate with them, to um, like, share with the world all his um, propaganda, all his versions of history, and all that stuff. So in this case, uh, I guess we should pay closer attention to
1: how Russia is creating alliances. Shouldn't we? That's true, Dash, and what you've just mentioned about the spreading influence of Russia around the globe is unfortunate truth. And amid this background, uh, the news about disrupted uh, support to Ukraine or some controversies uh, within certain states regarding supporting Ukraine uh, sound not just upsetting, but disturbing. And this... um, a lack of unity, I'd say, a lack of uh, unanimous voice among the Westerners towards um, supporting, like steadfast supporting Ukraine. Of Ukraine is um, something very important that plays plays into Russian hands, uh, especially in terms of solidifying its positions uh, globally. And when we talk about aggression, Russian aggression against Ukraine. Uh, It's not only about Ukrainian security, it's about uh, security of Europe in general and the global security in wider senses. And here we talk not only about the military aspect, much deeper and more serious processes um, take place that can undermine the whole world order. We are observing some uh, some situations, some instances of disrupting this world order and uh, the, the chaotic um, developments take place in different parts of the globe. However, uh, those deep, profound processes that are brought by Russian aggression against Ukraine actually make the situation even more al- alarming and threatening. We see that despite the sanctions regime imposed by the Western state uh, on, on Russia bring certain results, but still sanctions aren't, aren't that effective uh, to put an end to uh, Russian efficiency, especially in terms of, of um, amassing its military capabilities. And we see that um, despite substantial support that let Ukraine not lose the war, the West can't give the proper response to the aggressor because the aggressor can be um, can be tamed only by more decisive measures, and it, it, there is no um, logic in looking for rational ways uh, to deal with Russia or reasoning Russia because the aggressor understands only the language of power. So these half measures or very cautious measures taken taken by the West give gives Russia free hands in uh, acting the way it wants and not only to Russia. And the the rising populism in the Western states also uh, gives fuel uh, to those forces around the globe that want to put an end to the liberal world order and that want to bring chaos to this globe. So uh, while uh, there are internal disputes uh, within Western states about political processes and their stance towards uh, Russian aggression, Russia strengthens its ties with its allies. And here not only military cooperation with North Korea or Iran uh, takes place, um, We very often we just admit we do not pay due attention to the economic cooperation between Russia and its partners. And here I mention China, first of all. So uh, aggression against Ukraine, it's not only imperial will or whim of Russia or desire to annihilate Ukrainians. It's a testing ground for other regimes and opportunity for them to unite, uh, to impose their will on the globe. And according to the Washington Post publication, Uh, Russia and its allies, meaning China, Iran, and some other players uh, from uh, the states of Latin America, Africa, and Asia, uh, they want to change the global financial system where the USA dominates. Uh, So uh, Russia, encouraged by the success in containing the Ukrainian counteroffensive and against the backdrop of political impasse in uh, the US and Europe. It is trying to uh, solidify its uh, global positions uh, in terms of economical influence as well. Uh, So um, Russia is growing trade with China. It is growing military cooperation with Iran. It is is intensifying diplomatic activity in the Arab world. And uh, the expansion of BRICS group Uh, which brings together the largest emerging economies, also is a symptom of uh, raising of alternative powers in the world. So some documents obtained by European intelligence from the Russian Security Council tells that um, Russian aim is to undermine the dollar's role in the world, and they want to challenge its role as the world's reserve currency. And the ultimate goal, according to one of the documents obtained, was to dismantle the global financial system created after the Second World War and the power it gives to Washington. Uh, So um, the processes, the economic uh, ties that are getting deeper between Russia and the actors I've mentioned above actually indicate that... um, in, in future, these powers might create a new financial system independent of the uh, current one. And uh, it may even be based on alternative payment systems such as uh, blockchain and um, the Eurasian digital currency can be, can be created. Uh, so um, if the West doesn't get more resilient militarily and economically it may lose not only in terms of ideology but in a more practical terms of economic dominance and um, another important symptom we should pay attention to is that if in the beginning of the full-scale invasion some major russian uh, Business representatives, oligarchs were not satisfied with the economic environment uh, Russian turned out to R- Russian appeared in. now, actually, they say that um, that um, Russia is coping uh, with this situation, and um, Russia is using the opportunities to create something alternative and Actually, there are chances for the Russian economy to thrive even under these these conditions. Uh, so, uh, while most Western countries still hope to return to the previous order, um, Russians are trying to create a new one. And um, at this point, maybe it is not possible to return to usual state of affairs and. It is extremely important to pay attention to these developments until it's not too late. Uh, Talking about geopolitical uh, point of view, uh, the events that are taking place in the Middle East um, or uh, the rise of populism in in Europe, they are all uh, elements of the same chain. And Russia, using its... um, Information tools interferes with political processes in Europe and it has its agents in the Middle East like Iran or Syria that can, uh, can make the processes there more complicated and make the region even hotter. And all these elements, all these hotspots and economical influences actually are aimed at reversing the global order, uh, dismantling the liberal uh, value system. And um, as the former commander of the Joint Command of the British Armed Forces, General Richard Behrens said, uh, that uh, the risks of a strategic defeat of the West are increasing due to the lack of political will to supply Ukraine with a sufficient number of weapons and deploy military industrial production. So there are so many things to think over and to pay attention to. And on this note, I would like to say that these were all the news for today and thank you for listening to us.
0: This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by Ukraine World, an English language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermalenko. I'm a Ukrainian philosopher, journalist and chief editor of Ukraine World. This was a regular conversation between my colleagues, Anastasia Heresemchuk and Daria Sinhaevska, who analyzed key events in and around Ukraine during the last week. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internet Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. You can support us on patreon.com slash Ukraine World. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at paypal.ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.